Engaging sermons on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. A reading from the beginning of the book of Revelation. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show his servants what must happen soon. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who gives witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ by reporting what he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud, and blessed are those who listen to this prophetic message and heed what is written in it, for the appointed time is near. John, to the seven churches in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne. I heard the Lord saying to me, To the angel of the church in Ephesus, write this, The one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks in the midst of the seven gold lampstands says this, I know your works, your labor, and your endurance, and that you cannot tolerate the wicked, You have tested those who call themselves apostles, but are not, and discovered that they are impostors. Moreover, you have endurance, and have suffered for my name, and you have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have lost the love you had at first. Realize how far you have fallen. Repent, and do the works you did at first. Otherwise, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Those who are victorious, I will feed from the tree of life. Those who are victorious, I will feed from the tree of life. Blessed the man who follows not the counsel of the wicked nor walks in the way of sinners, nor sits in the company of the insolent, but delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on His law day and night. Those who are victorious I will feed from the tree of life. He is like a tree planted near running water that yields its fruit in due season and whose leaves never fade. Whatever He does prospers. Those who are victorious I will feed from the tree of life. Not so the wicked, not so. They are like chaff which the wind drives away. For the Lord watches over the way of the just, but the way of the wicked vanishes. Those who are victorious I will feed from the tree of life. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He shouted, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. The people walking in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he kept calling out all the more, son of David, have pity on me. Then Jesus stopped and ordered that he be brought to him. 
And when he came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? He replied, Lord, please, let me see. Jesus told him, Have sight. Your faith has saved you. He immediately received his sight and followed him, giving glory to God. When they saw this, all the people gave praise to God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We are in the final two weeks of the church's liturgical year, and therefore in these first readings now we are going to read from the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible. The church's year closes out thinking about looking forward to the second coming of Christ. In fact, if you know the book of Revelation, you know that it ends on that theme, Come, Lord Jesus, and He says, Yes, I am coming soon. But the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible, has a message for the people of God to last throughout the time. Well, of course, the whole Bible does. A message to last throughout the entire time between when it was first written and when the Lord returns again at the culmination of human history. And that message is perseverance. Perseverance through trial, steadfastness, never letting go of the faith that has been entrusted to us, and never losing, as the first reading emphasizes today, our fervor. Notice, it starts with this letter to the church in Ephesus, but all these letters that are initially written at the beginning of the book of Revelation to the seven churches are letters to all of us. They each have a lesson for all of us. And in this one is, don't grow slack in spirit. Now, uh, 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 look at this. First of all, repent. Isn't it interesting? The very first message of Jesus when he began preaching, of John the Baptist when he began preaching, and of Peter when he began preaching after Pentecost was all the same. Repent of your sins. And now we get to the last book of the Bible and we see the same message. Repent. And in this sense, it's a repentance that says, recover your initial spiritual enthusiasm, fervor, and love. This is interesting because it's not saying that these people had fallen away from the faith. They hadn't. They're still disciples. It doesn't say they had fallen into committing evil because it says not only were they not doing evil, but they said they couldn't tolerate others doing it. You cannot tolerate the wicked. It's not enough to reject sin in our own life. We can't allow it around us to the extent that it is in our power to witness against evil. And it, they went even further. They're doing good works. All right, they're not letting their faith be dead by just being turned in on itself. They're doing works. And they're enduring. You have endured. You have suffered for my name. They haven't even grown weary. The letter says you have not grown weary. And you even have filtered out false apostles. I mean, that's pretty good. There's a lot of faithful Catholics who can't seem to, and, and Christians of other denominations who aren't filtering out or identifying or recognizing false apostles when they present themselves. So what was the problem? You have lost the love you had at first. Brothers and sisters, we grow complacent. We grow tepid. 
We're doing the things we're supposed to do. But Jesus says, no, I don't want just you doing the things you're supposed to do. Have that vigor. Remember when you first embraced this mission and have that vigor. And we're not simply talking about an emotional thing. Although, you know, it isn't a bad idea to recover those emotions, too. Maybe it were some spiritual songs that we nurtured ourselves on when we first began more deeply following the Lord. Go back to those songs. Maybe it was some image. Maybe it was some picture. I know I have a picture uh, uh, Jesus knocking at the door of the heart that, that was, was, was factored big in my initial, initial um, deeper conversion to the faith. You, know, you go back, go back to those things. Maybe you put it aside for a while because you've had something else that you put up. But go back to the, to the, to the tangible things that marked that initial fervor because although the initial fervor in itself does not consist in those things those things can help a lot the initial love realize how far you have fallen the letter is telling us we could be falling far away from that initial zeal and hardly even realize it realize how far you have fallen repent do the works you did at first were we more generous at first did we spend more time in prayer? Were we more generous in our service? Were we more bold to speak? Are we more silent now? Were we more willing to sacrifice things, lose popularity than we are now? If so, repent, go back. Go back and reinvigorate that initial fervor. The blind man in the gospel today had fervor for Jesus. As soon as he heard he was coming, he shouted his name. He didn't just think about it. He didn't just consider in his heart how much he admired Jesus. No. He shouted his name. He was in a crowd. He wasn't at all ashamed. And he wanted him to help him. He wasn't ashamed to beg for Jesus' help. And notice, he was not silenced. He did not allow himself to be intimidated by those around him who were telling him to keep quiet. We are, the, we are that man. The people walking in front of him, the gospel says, rebuked him. What, what do we mean rebuked him? What is he doing wrong? He's calling for Jesus. He's calling for the one who said he came for us. What can be more appropriate than that? But they rebuked him. Yeah, be quiet. In other words, you're not important enough. You're just a blind man on the side of the road. You, you, you don't bother the master. Who knows what they were thinking or what they were saying, but they rebuked him. It really would be interesting to see the actual words of rebuke that they used. But did it silence him? Did it stop him? Did it intimidate him? Did it sideline him? No, he kept calling out all the more. Return to your first love. What this teaches us is our relationship with Jesus. Our relationship with Almighty God is a one-to-one -one relationship. Yes, we are in community. No doubt, we are part of a community. We have to remain faithful to the community. But when we stand in the judgment, it's going to be a one-to-one -one 
judgment where he's going to ask us what we did with the graces given to us. He's not going to ask us to respond to the graces he did or didn't give to someone else. At the judgment, he'll ask this blind man, when you knew Jesus was coming by, did you enthusiastically, fervently call out to him and not let others stop you? And he'll be able to proudly answer, yes. He was faithful to that one-on-one relationship. In other words, God gave him the grace to recognize who Jesus was. God gave him the faith to know that Jesus could cure him. And so he responded to those graces. Now, there were plenty of others in the crowd. They didn't have that kind of faith. You think he was the only one in the crowd that needed a favor from Jesus? Where were all the other ones shouting out? And what was the matter with these ones that were rebuking him? Well, they didn't have, they had something wrong in their mind. God is not going to judge the blind man based on what these other people were thinking. And he's not going to judge you based on what those around you are thinking or how much courage they do or do not have or how much insight they do or do not possess or how much faith they do or do not adhere to. He's not going to judge you based on them. He's going to judge you based on what He gave to you. And you know what He gave you, so act on it with your first love, fervent, and not paying any attention to those who are telling you to keep quiet. That's the lesson here. One-on-one relationship. He's not going to judge us based on the lack of courage of somebody else. Let me conclude with the story of the, you might remember what the Genovese syndrome is. Kitty Genovese in New York City some decades back gets home in the middle of the night and she's murdered over the course of 45 minutes. An attacker comes back three times and she's yelling and screaming and 38 people witnessed this and nobody did anything. And it caused a great disturbance when people found out there were so many witnesses and how come nobody intervened. And so psychologists started to research this phenomenon. And so when some people signed up to engage in a psychological study, and they didn't know exactly how it would be conducted, it actually started before they realized it had started. They thought they were waiting for it to begin. Meanwhile, it had begun because they brought a person in who'd signed up for the study, and they were asked to sit in a room and wait until it began. And as they're sitting in the room, smoke starts pouring in from underneath the door of the adjoining room. What did that person do? Well, they got up and they told somebody, it looks like there's a fire. Then they had the next three people who were taking part in the study show up, sat them in a room, told them, just hang on, we'll be back. And smoke started coming in from the, under the door of the adjoining room. The three of them looked at each other blew the smoke away from their face, wiped their eyes, and none of them did anything. Fascinating, right? Nobody wanted to stick out like a sore thumb. Nobody wanted to seem to be overreacting. Nobody wanted to seem to be an alarmist. Nobody wanted to act on their own conviction despite the lack of action of the other two, of the majority in the room. Each of them was looking at the majority in the room and saying, well, you're... You're not reacting. Maybe I don't need to either. They were letting the inaction of others 
reinterpret for them the clear evidence that there was a need to act. Don't let it be that way with you. You're going to be judged on the grace, the insight, the wisdom, the courage, the faith that God gives you, not that He doesn't give to someone else. Don't sit there and not act or not shout out like this blind man did. Shout out despite the silence of others. Speak up despite the cowardice of the rest. Act the right way despite the wrong actions of the majority. And then you will be blessed and give glory to God and enjoy His favor. Thank you, Jesus. May we respond to you today based on all the graces you give to us. And may we receive your healing and sight just as this blind man did so that we may follow you with even greater fervor and joy. Amen. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.